Welcome to the podcast that is all about self-employment. We'll be sharing expertise on getting started, getting noticed, and getting it right, as well as dealing with getting it wrong. Your host, Julia Kermode, will help you get ahead so you get the success you deserve. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm really pleased to have with me um, David Barker, and we are talking about using entrepreneurial mindsets to make things happen. Now, David has a really interesting background, and I would probably say is almost a career entrepreneur. I don't even know if that is such a thing, um, but but I'll, I'll I'll let David tell us. So, welcome, David. Um, how did you start as in in as an entrepreneur? Yeah, hi, Julius. So, um, actually, I guess the first thing to say is I never intended to be an entrepreneur, and and I'm what I call an <laughs> accidental entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, I actually left school at 16 years old into an apprenticeship. I was employed by a great technology company in education for seven years. I was really happy. Great income. Great team. Great life. You know, happy to be there for mm. life and and just be an employee, but. Then in the early 90s, the internet started, which was really exciting to think about how the internet will benefit society. You know, we're in a bit of a dystopian version of the internet at the moment, but in the early 90s, all you thought about it was the utopian version of internet, which was (laughs) a connected world and people, you know, from all over the world working together and having relationships. So I was very excited about the internet, but then when I spoke to the MD of my business at the time, uh, unfortunately she said um, they weren't going into internet at the start, mainly because mm-hmm. they, they, they had an issue with a previous investment in a new idea and it didn't work out. The industry disappeared. So they wanted to make sure the okay. internet was here for the future before they invested into yeah. it, which is, which is wise. Yeah. You, know, you don't always get the early adopters coming in. But it meant that if I wanted to go into the internet, I couldn't do it at that company. And because oh, I was so wow. excited by it, I decided I need to leave the business to get into the internet. Um, unfortunately, you couldn't go work for anyone else because no one was doing the internet. It was a very, no one was really done anything yet. So the only way to get into the internet was to create one of the UK's first internet marketing agencies uh, in, in 1994. And that's what we did. I left the business with three partners and we created one of the UK's first full-service digital marketing agencies. Wow, that sounds incredibly exciting. You saw the potential and you went and grabbed it. Yeah, definitely. And and it was hard, though, because we were just employees. You know, I didn't have this huge investment capital sat in my bank account ready to invest in a starter. We, <laughs> Like everyone else in life, you make your money, you spend most of it, and you don't really save, which was my problem as a young, a young David Barker. <laughs> yeah. But we had a dream, so we all <clears throat> gave up our jobs, you know, we, we had what we had, but it would probably only last us about two to three months and then we'd have no money left, all of us. But it was worth mm. trying because we were really passionate about doing this. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we spent the first couple of months network. Going back to you know, that idea of networking is important. It's the yeah. only way to, to win business is networking mainly. So we literally were networking all of the different events, meeting people, trying to find that first person that would believe in us to give us the contract mm. but our money was running out at one point we we were eating pot noodles for dinner because we, we couldn't <laughs> afford to eat properly we were literally on the edge of you know losing everything with this dream creating yeah. this internet company how did you get your first kind of customer then because you, you you know um if if you're there your money's about to run out um i imagine you're starting to feel worried and you're kind of given up your career to 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 set up this business it's a whole new world what what kind of happened next yeah it's really easy to give up too soon you know once you start mm. to get to that point of i've only got a month's money left 
or two months you think I'm going to stop now because I need to but I've always been on that mindset yeah. of if you exit trying too soon you'll always have that thought in your head about what if I just kept going a little bit longer but I yeah. always I always yeah. create a plan b to align with the running out of money not have the plan b start before the money runs out if that makes sense so I always make sure I go to the very end but my plan b kicks in straight away um yeah. you don't end up falling off a cliff which is no one wants to fall off a cliff so uh but no I always make sure let's go to the very end and it's actually at that end point we finally met somebody that said I like you guys between the four of you you've got all the skills I'll give you 15,000 pounds to do your first contract um and we, wow. we delivered it and, and, and he was really happy with it uh, he worked for Microsoft um and then but on the back of, of yeah exactly and on the back of the quality <laughs> of the work he's like this is blowing my mind to what you've achieved with what I asked for and he found his mate mm. at Intel and then suddenly we had Intel as a client which always goes to show I think always make sure you deliver something that really adds an extra sparkle to what you've mm. been asked to do because through that that's how you get recommendations not by just delivering what people ask you get recommended when they're blown away by what you've delivered from what they asked as yeah. well, I think. I always give a little bit extra yeah. to to what, what the brief actually is uh, as well. Yeah, that that's that's a very interesting um, point in, in itself because I guess there is um, a different point of view that says, you know, you price your time and, and you know, you, you don't give freebies on top of that because that's not profit, if, if you see what I mean. But your your view is slightly different from that, um, which 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 is refreshing actually. Um and 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 it's to do well because that then led to your next contract from from Intel. Have I kind of understood correctly? Yeah, and that just doesn't just apply to you creating a business and you want to grow it and make more clients. It can apply to when we're contracting. So when I was I was contracting recently um, mm. with an organization and they'd, they'd hired me to do three months. Um, but internally they only had a fixed budget, but obviously I'm a contractor and obviously you pay contractors by the day, by the hour, and, and you always yeah. want to get paid for your time. Right. Um, yeah. but on the contracts, I love the work. I love the people. I understood the limitation of their funding. And actually I knew mm. we were going to go over, but I said, look, we're going to go over on this. You're probably going to need to have you know, more money to pay me if you want me to deliver what you've asked. However, I'm happy to cap my budget to your budget. Um, wow. and, and I did. And then I, obviously I did a, f a few more hours to deliver what I needed. Yeah. But that contract's now finished. Um, yeah. But I've moved on. But I know they're trying to get a lot more funding to scale up what we did together. Uh, and, and the point with that is... I've already had a conversation since then. And they're like, if we get that bigger funding, you're the guy we want back in because we just love your ethos. We love wow. how you wanted to help us be successful. Not just about you were good at what you did, but we love your mindset of how you operate. You know, you didn't try to squeeze us for all the money. You wanted to try and help us. And that's the kind of people we want on our team. Fantastic. Coming back to where you were at this kind of internet um, startup, if you like, then what what then happened next on, on that on that journey? Yeah, as we got on those contracts, we started to grow quickly. Because like most businesses, we started in our bedrooms. So we yeah. all do that, whether we come yeah. our bedrooms. So we... We came out of our bedrooms, we, we got an office in Manchester and we started to grow. Then over the next 10 years, we were always one of the top 20 digital agencies in the UK. 
worked with big big global corporations, grew to a staff very quickly of 40 employees. Um, I was very yeah. Yeah. excited about that and, 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 and being part of that growth. And also because before the dot-com bust in 2000, I was predicting mm. we've got a problem because this bubble's going to burst and we were only in Manchester. And I was, I was basically head of innovation and operations for the business. Mm. I said, look, we've got to open a London office. Otherwise, we're not going to survive the dot-com bust. Um, yeah. No one else wanted to do it. So I basically upstick from Manchester, moved to London, um, take wow. on a sales role. So I took on the key clients. We doubled our revenues very quickly. So when the bust came, we had the revenue and the income then to survive as a business. Um, so I think going back to that, what's an entrepreneurial mindset, it's often what are the things I can see on the horizon that are coming and how do I need mm. to change or how does the business I work in need to change to make sure we survive what's coming as well? Because sometimes we can be running our business or running our contracts, head down, doing the work. Yeah. Shock came, comes, and we're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Well, you didn't see it coming because you didn't have eyes on the horizon. You <laughs> yes. only had our eyes on today. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see these things coming. You've got to be looking for them. Yeah, you've got to um, be continually yeah. scanning and working on your business, not just in it. I think that's the right phrase. I always get that the, the wrong way around, but um, but yeah, you, you need need to be taking that kind of overview and 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 looking at, at what what might be coming. So, um, so so yeah, I mean, and then after after that, then what what then what then kind of took you took you next because I know I know you're not still in that business so I'm, I'm intrigued to, to understand what's what's gone before and how you got yourself um there yeah so so into that uh, my my narrative starts with I was one of the UK's first internet entrepreneurs mm. in before. however it very nearly didn't happen for me because when I was at school I'd actually decided I wasn't going to college and university I wanted to leave school at 16 right yes um, but because I'm from a poor background in in, in Manchester my careers advisor at school said, because I had a dream to get into technology, he said, well, if you're not going to uni, you need a degree to get into technology. Therefore, you need to lower that aspiration, David. I'll help you get a job in, in a shop, which is fine if you want to work in retail, yeah. but I work to work in technology. But he said you can't if you don't have a degree. So I think for me, what is an entrepreneurial mindset? It's locking in on a future where you have an idea or you have a dream. Mm. And even though people say it's not possible, you believe in it so much, you're going to give it a go anyway and try yeah. and find a way. And that's the entrepreneurial mindset. I think it's you've got a dream. You're, going to, you're willing to sacrifice to achieve it. And you're willing to say no to people with the advice saying you can't do something. Yeah. And that, to me, is the entrepreneurial mindset. So I said no to the careers teacher about I can't achieve this and went on this journey into unemployment at 16 years old. And we talked today about so much unemployed young people mm. in society actually I come from a poor background in Manchester I was unemployed at 16 I understand the challenges to get out of that um, but again I got out of, it, out of it through the entrepreneurial mindset of I'm going to do this yeah I'm going to find a way but then I need to start to find opportunities to network and apply to opportunities and, and just try to find a way through this unemployment it took me three months yeah but then I did eventually find an opportunity that got me into an apprenticeship and then I became one of the UK's first instant entrepreneurs later. But if I'd have listened to the careers teacher, like unfortunately so many young people do, yeah. they don't go for dreams. They go for things that are just never going to be destined to make them happen because they were genetically built for something else. Yeah. That, and that's, that's interesting. So you kind of 
had to have enough self-belief to say, actually, no, I, I don't agree with the advice you're giving me. I want to do it my way. Um, and and is, is, that, is that what being an entrepreneur is, is, is doing things your way um, and, and kind of holding on to, to that belief and, and, and making it happen, doing everything you can to make it happen? Is that kind of at the core? I think for true entrepreneurs, we're not about money. Uh, no. If someone says, I want to create a business to make money, that can't be why you create a business. I think all of us will always lock into a dream, mm. an idea, a thought, something that is burning inside us that we've got to do. And because yeah. we feel we're, we're, we're made to do it and time is here now for us to be the person that does it. So, so with that careers advisor, it was, you'll never get into technology, but in my heart, I'm like, well, I can see a future where I am. So I've got to find a way because that's my dream. Mm. And I've, I've always said, I think the key with being an entrepreneur is we may fail and actually 50% of businesses do fail, yeah. you know, and, and that, that's important to know that within five years, 10 years, a lot of 90% of businesses are gone. Gosh. Yeah. So don't be afraid of failing because most people do anyway in the future, but I'd rather try and fail and do something else than be told you can't and never know. Yeah. Um, is I think the key point of being an entrepreneur, you're willing to try and fail and do something else, not give up because people say you can't do something. Yeah, and, and you know, I guess um, uh, trying and failing, that, that, that failure, I don't even like the word failure because it's so negative, um, but, but then that, that then you use that experience and having had that failure, to use that word again, once, you won't be so terrified of it again because you've, you've had that happen and you've had that experience and you've kind of uh, pulled yourself back from it and, and kind of got through it. Would, would, you, would you say that, that, that's, that that's a fair point? Yeah, well, I think we can reframe what does failure actually mean. I think mm. our failure means in a positive way is working out how something doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so it's fine because we talk about agile, we talk about pivoting, yeah. but we only pivot when we've worked out how something doesn't work. <laughs> so in effect, yeah. even when you fail, you're not failing, you're working out, that's not working. Do I want to keep trying to find a way to get it to work and therefore I'm going to keep going on this journey? Or do I decide, you know what, I've convinced myself it's not going to work. Now let's go and do something else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's 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 actually really what's happening. Yeah, uh, in those scenarios. Yeah, and actually that um, pivoting, which we've seen a lot of um, businesses doing in the last year because of the pandemic, that is um, uh, that 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 word was probably not used so much till till just a year ago but anyway my point is it's it's just that adaptability and it is exactly what you what you've just said you know something's not working i need to change what i'm doing to make something else work and so we we've all probably got a bit of the entrepreneur mindset in us any anyone who's pivoted and and, and had that chain of thought exactly that and that's why i think everybody actually has entrepreneurial skills and traits because Surviving life. I mean, I, I, I do a lot of work with unemployed young people. Mm. You know, in fact, a few years ago, I launched a business training unemployed youth to get them into work. So I learned a lot about mindsets of young unemployed people because of all different social backgrounds. Mm. When you listen to the lives of some people, you think you're blown away by how they're still living. You're blown away by what they've had to deal with yeah. to still be a, a good person who wants to do good in society. Because actually things have been really bad for them, but yeah. they pivoted and changed things and made their life successful, uh, even though those things were happening. 
Um, but they did that by having this mindset of resilience. I want to be a good person. I'm going to find my way in society. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Um, we've all got those those traits and skills. And I guess thinking of those young people um, uh, who you just described, they probably come up against exactly what you came up against um, in your formative years, which is this kind of um, your your careers advisor said, no, you you can't you can't go into it in that way. Well, I guess these young people are being told no because of whatever um and and actually they need to rise above that no and think no i've got the self-belief and and that's sort of it. it's it's that is that the what you see happening with them yeah it's interesting um because i, I think most people are held back with regards to social mobility by by systems the mm. systemic failure so for example <clears throat> uh, i got a million pound funding from government in 2010 to train 233 unemployed people in seven UK cities. Wow. Uh, in one city, um, basically our program was training people with technology skills and soft skills to get into technology careers. Mm. Um, but all we got was a stream of uh, young men. Uh, and, and But our advert was, this is open to everybody. Yeah. So I didn't understand. And finally, we got a, a young girl through the door who said, David, I was sat with my careers advisor in my job centre he was finding an opportunity for me, went straight past yours to hairdressing and beauty. Oh, wow. And when wow. I said, stop, I want to look at that technology training program. Yeah. He said, oh, no, no, that, that's for boys. Goodness. Um, this is 2011, not 1911. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yeah. It's, and it's still here today, these systemic mindsets in the system that, that stops people progressing. Yeah. And that could have stopped her coming to our programme. Oh, it's, uh, it's so frustrating, yeah. isn't it? And so now I'm thinking I would define entrepreneur as a challenger. So challenging those assumptions, challenging when you're told no. Um, and, you know, uh, the one thing you're not challenging is your own beliefs. You're holding on to those. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting carried away in, in, the, <laughs> in the moment. But, but is that... Is that kind of your view of, of what makes an entrepreneur and, and the mindset? Yeah, I, mean, I, I always say I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, you might have heard the phrase disruptive entrepreneur. Mm. We always think of disruptive entrepreneurs as the Mark Zuckerbergs and, you know, creating things like Facebook. Mm. But for me, disruptive entrepreneurship is a positive thing. It's looking at a system, how things are working, where the problem is in the system and disrupting that system to enable the flow that helps more people because who are being blocked by a system. So most entrepreneurship innovation disruption occurs because you know what? The system isn't good enough and we need to make it better. Yeah. That's that's disruptive entrepreneurship. We just want to make things better. How on earth do you square that peg? Um, and do you think all entrepreneurs are not just about making money? No, it's a really good point. So when I left my first internet company in 2004, um, I became what's called a social entrepreneur. So, mm. and I... But then I mean, I've been working on what does that actually mean? And when I basically I funded my own research study into society and why there's so much unemployment and poverty. Um, okay. There's a lot of reasons for this. There's no magic bullet. But for example, I was working in a homeless soup kitchen. Uh, the reason there was a married couple there sleeping in Sainsbury's car park is because they were running a good business, but the business they were selling to wouldn't pay their bill and basically held back their own money. They, they lost the money. They lost their business went bankrupt, they lost their house, they're now sleeping in Sainsbury's. Oh, you could gosh. track their demise in society to the point where a business said, we don't care. We don't care. We're not, wow. we're not going to pay them because we can keep the money. 
what I realized at that point is business actually causes by some of its decision making some of the issues in society. Any final thoughts to kind of wrap up with? Because we've talked about a lot of different things in relation to entrepreneur mindset. And it's been really, really interesting. Um, and I feel like I could chat for longer, but we haven't got longer. So so what, what are your final thoughts? Well, my final thoughts is because obviously we're, we're having a, a conversation today still in the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, probably mm. a lot of people listening that have been impacted by that. And maybe lots of work, maybe feel like there's no hope. Um, mm. But there is always hope. Um, don't forget the dream. Don't forget where you were heading. You know what? There is now a closed door in front of you. There's a blockage on, on your highway, but there's lots of lanes on a highway. You just need to change lane. So I think the key is you may have found yourself at a dead end. Sometimes it's okay to go back. Sometimes it's okay to rethink where you're going and then think about a new way forward and then start to move in another direction. So yeah. that's really the point, I think, is we can use that entrepreneurial mindset to think how we're going to get out of COVID, how we need to manoeuvre. It will require networking. It will require tiredness. We'll go to bed tired and get up again every day trying to find another way. But you can yeah. find another way. The only way reason we ultimately fail is when we stop trying. Interestingly, we, we call COVID this great recession now, but before that, there was the great recession of 2008. And actually in 2008, yes. I was running a business myself. And interestingly, I then had a client who didn't pay my bill. And that put me into poverty uh. Uh, at the height of the great recession. And, and actually, I spent 12 months trying to find a way to make money, but no one could because the recession freezes the economy. So, and I was in soup kitchens with food six times that year when money ran out. I was in wow. this desperate position, but I got out of it eventually. And people were like, hang on, we knew you in that year, but you never looked like you were in pain or agony or... I said, no, I went to bed every night tired, but I woke up every morning with this renewed, refreshed, I'm gonna get through this. It then took me a year to get through it. But I knew I would eventually mm. get through it. But it takes sometimes that resilience to keep going. By doing so, I then found the door that got me out of that. And then the recession ended and then the economy started again. But but yeah, it's that. It's me. How do I get through COVID? Well, you know what? I had to get through the Great Recession in 2008. And I bet all of us can think back to moments in our life where, you know what? We, I've dealt with this before. I'm just going to learn from that. I got out of that. I'm going to get out of this. So... You've had a couple of experiences now within your kind of career um, of, of, of kind of those, those pain points. And so your testimony to the fact that you can work through it and, and things do, do change if you can keep that mindset. Exactly that. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a really good positive note to end on. So huge thank you for your time again today. Really enjoyed talking to you. And I'm sure our listeners will have got a lot from that. So, so yeah, thank you very much, Julia. Thanks, Julia. Thank you for listening to All About Self-Employment, hosted by Julia Kermode. For more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk, where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week.